Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be looking into how relationships can be less about relating and more about solutions for wounds we haven't healed or our need to be fixing people. Being in relationship is part of the embodied experience, and something we're not only predisposed to do, but seek out. The way in which we're able to interconnect with others in embodied life is unique, as we're able to maintain our discrete self encased within our own bodily system while sharing ourselves in intricate, complex, and consciously chosen ways with another. This combination allows us to experience the full range of our emotions without causing harm to the other, gives us the ability to craft expressions of our emotions and to experience in full those of the other. This is in direct contrast to our normal state as souls, where we're telepathic, empathic, and have no defense against the intrusions of others' thoughts and emotions. We experience these as if they were our own, whether we wish to or not. We therefore live in a state of consistent constraint, not wanting to cause others distress or harm via our thoughts or feelings. We learn quite early how to control what we think and feel as a means of expressing our love and respect for those around us. Directly contrasting to this, In embodied life, we may think and feel anything we want as much as we want. It's only in our expression of these thoughts and feelings that others are affected in some way. This is most often what we focus on when thinking about or being in a relationship, how we feel and the way in which we or they are expressing needs. However, while communication problems are common enough in relationships to spawn entire self-help sections, and the need for couples counselors, it can be a symptom of a much deeper issue. Many relationships suffer due to how we are relating first to ourselves, and therefore to our significant other. It can be helpful to think of this in terms of scales. Tipped one way, we are unable to see beyond the moment and our need. Tipped the other, we are unable to move beyond their needs. All the while the scales are meant not to hold still and completely equal, but to gently rock back and forth in order to create the equilibrium of equal partnership. Some people struggle to learn lessons, heal, or deal with issues via relationships. This is normal and very human, which does not make it any less difficult, painful, or disheartening. In fact, it's common enough we recognize when someone has quote-unquote married their mother or are in a relationship with a guy because of their quote daddy issues, unquote. We try to work through what is most intimate to us emotionally through relationships where, unlike in our family of origin, we have the ability to act in our best interest and the freedom to do so. Because we can walk away from a relationship of our choosing, We can feel free and even empowered to open ourselves up. We have the opportunity to work through things, make different choices, change the ending, get what we need, and speak our truth. 
we can get what we've always needed and repair the damage done. At least that's the theory. The difficulty comes in the fact this is a relationship and not a one-man play being acted out on a stage with only one person's perspective being represented. Someone learning lessons or working to heal is rarely able to hold space for another person or fully participate in being a healthy partner. Their focus is on their pain, their issues, and their needs. This isn't to say they're selfish, but if you have pain somewhere, it's difficult to think about anything else or focus beyond the need to make the pain go away. So when a person in this situation opens themselves up to relationship, it's with their thumb on the scales in their favor. They may fervently desire and even ask for an intimate partner. Their perfect match will solve all their problems and create their happily ever after. However, the criteria they're using is weighted towards someone who will help them fix their problems. They're looking for someone who will fill the voids, give them something they've never had before, resolve old hurts, and so on. This makes the relationship search task-oriented rather than person-oriented. They're looking for a bandage rather than a partner, a means to an end. In this search, with things weighted towards problem-solving and the focus on the task, what gets missed is the fact the person is not only a solution, but also a complex human being. In most cases, the factors which make them a good fit as a bandage are only a fraction of everything which is contained in their identity and often, these aren't even the most relevant concerning being with them. Of course, at the beginning of a relationship, each person is not only putting the best version of themselves out there, but they're picking up the cues as to what their lover likes, how they talk, and what's most relevant to making them happy in the moment. So, each tends to do, say, and be those things. All of which aids in the romance helping each person through the frightening experience of taking down barriers and being vulnerable to another person. It's after this, after the romance begins to wane, the oxytocin wears off and each person starts to act like their normal selves again, that the truth becomes achingly clear, for their lover begins to do the same. They discover the lover is not who they thought them to be, the rest of their lover's core self begins to emerge and often is as wounded, needy, and desiring of bandages as their own. This can cause the world to seem as if it's been flipped upside down. Where they thought they would be loved and cared for and have the life they've always wanted, instead, they end up being the help, support, and even servant of their lover, who has issues which need healing. While some people in the spiritual community teach a remedy to this, which is to heal all the hurts within you before seeking a partner, this sets a goal which is impossible to attain. As human beings are always in progress, always changing and seeking towards becoming, it's unfair to ask that someone be completely healed before they can seek love from someone else. In fact, it's cruel. As I mentioned, sometimes people are going through these types of relationships in order to heal or to learn lessons. However, once the lesson is learned, or the message received, 
the key to moving beyond this cycle is not to seek full healing, but instead to begin cultivating healthy relationship skills. The first step towards doing so is looking at the list of things desired in a partner and to sort out what is actually about relating from what is there to bandage something unhealed. For example, wanting a partner to have a similar interest in something you like, such as motorcycles or triathlons or antiques, is relational. Needing them to be trustworthy is bandaging a wound. Trustworthiness in and of itself is a virtue. However, the need to specify this as a primary requirement, rather than recognize that it's included in a healthy relationship, points to how it's being used as a bandage. Sometimes, in order to cultivate healthy relationship skills, it can be handy to approach the issue from the side rather than straight on. Instead of trying to figure out what you're doing which isn't working, stop doing this and institute some other behavior, all of which is exhausting just to contemplate, you can instead act on the things you want from a partner. You can become your own best significant other, as it were. Give yourself the treats, the attention, and the approval you'd like to have from someone else. Take yourself out on special occasions. Make a point to put yourself first at least one night a week. It can seem silly, but if you're taking care of those needs, then you won't need to look at the other person as a remedy for them. You'll see the other person more clearly and will have already shown them how you wish to be treated. It's a twofer. Now, some people struggle with their thumb on the other side of the scale. When looking for a partner, Even though they feel good about themselves, content in their lives, and in fact are often helping others in a variety of ways each day, even though they ask for someone who would be a perfect partner for them, what they get is someone who needs them. Oh, they see the person clearly, but this is in part the problem. Whether due to a kind heart, being an empath, having always been a problem solver or fixer, or being a healer of some kind, They can see the need, the brokenness, the beauty, and worthiness of the other, and feel drawn to help. This can happen in the dating process, or only come to light after the relationship has become more long-term and permanent. Regardless of when it happens, what has formed is a helper-patient relationship. One partner holds space and supplies everything necessary for the other person. It's seen as helping, at least in the short and even medium term, but eventually it becomes clear no matter how much is done, how many resources used, how many opportunities are afforded, nothing is going to change. Unfortunately, there's no incentive to change, really, because one partner is doing all the hard work. What can be devastating to realize is many people no matter what they say or even mean in the moment, don't want to heal. Their issues, problems, and brokenness are something which works for them in some way. It's become their identity, or is a role they agreed to portray in this lifetime, or is a lesson they're refusing to learn, or one which is eluding them, as they're not being required to make effort in that direction. 
It can be difficult to recognize this pattern when part of a healthy relationship includes helping our partner. We all have strengths and weaknesses, things which we excel at and others where we are hopelessly inept. Relating is in part providing our strength where another struggles, supporting them and being supported in return. This then is the key to recognizing healthy relating from the helper-patient dynamic. The connection between a helper and a patient is by its very nature unequal. This is why we have standards of ethical behavior for lawyers, teachers, doctors, therapists, and so on. Those who help are automatically elevated to the status of authority. They hold space not only for themselves, but for those who need help, and those in need are by their very nature unable to support or defend themselves. A relationship between a helper and a patient is inherently unequal. It can create an unhealthy dynamic of one partner consciously or unconsciously patronizing the other by pointing out areas of weakness or need, and then offering wisdom and remedy for the core issues. It can create a power imbalance where the person in need passively or overtly controls the helper by constantly demanding help or asserting their need for help as an excuse for not taking responsibility in relating. It sets up a dynamic where only one person is responsible for the health and well-being of both, which eventually kills whatever desire originally existed for the relationship in the first place. Often, this is described as loving the person while the relationship itself is hollow. The black hole of need and helping consumes any possibility of relating. Changing this dynamic requires the helper to stop helping. This seems simple and obvious, yet can be very complicated to implement, because it requires the helper to separate out their need to help from their core identity. Most helpers know all too well they struggle to keep from helping in the face of perceived need. Whether or not a person has expressed their need for help, the helper can feel the need and has learned to supply it. This has become who, not just what, they are. Like ivy climbing the side of a building, the tendrils drill inwards, eventually taking over support of the structure and it can feel as if unwinding them might tear the entire wall down. What can help is to realize helping sometimes is the worst thing that can be done for a person. Muscle can't build if we don't exercise. No one can stand on their own without effort and perseverance. For helpers, it can be handy to remember how a child learns to walk. No parent can do this for them. It can't be gifted like a toy. It's achieved through effort, attempts, and many, many failures. If the point of helping is for the patient to stand on their own, to take over and do things for themselves, then tapering off or ending the help is exactly what is best for them. Being there to dust them off as they gain muscle is perhaps one of the most loving things we can do for them. So healthy intimate partners are equals. They aren't necessarily healed, and while they may have their shit together, this points to the fact they still have shit they have to deal with. Intimate partners relate to each other. They consciously choose to do this, although this comes and goes depending on the day and the moment. 
They communicate both verbally and physically, and most of the time their words and actions match up. They make mistakes. They own them, eventually. They enjoy each other's company, ask for what they want, and enjoy being with each other, again, depending on the day. I liken a healthy relationship to two feet walking. While one partner is moving forward in some aspect of their life, career, spiritual practice, exploration of hobbies or interests, the other is planted firmly, holding space for them to do so. Hence, it's called walking rather than jumping or falling. This can be frustrating if the partner who is moving forward is excited and wants to share what they're doing or discovering. The other partner is often not inclined to join them or share in the emotions in the moment. However, once the moving partner has settled into this new aspect of themselves, the other is able to lift up and move forward, either to be beside their partner or to make their own step forward. What is key to this process is relating to each other. Even though neither partner has their thumbs on the scale, the two sides don't stand still. They adjust first this one and then that one, always in movement, but in the moving, they create a healthy equilibrium. This doesn't require the partners to be in full agreement, experience joy in every moment, or be joined at the hip. Life is too rich and people too complex for such a thing. It's in the relating, the joining of two transformational beings in the process of becoming, that magic comes into being and what was an improbability becomes possible. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be going through the resources in the Akashics you can use to create or add to your spiritual practice, as well as help you manifest the life you deserve. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.